What is happening, everybody? Welcome to Off the Rails, a recovery podcast dedicated to ending the stigma of addiction through open discussion on all things recovery related. My name is Mark, and with me always is Dave, and we have a very special guest today. Dave, take it away. Our next guest is the co-founder and chief quality officer of Confidant Health, which can be found at confidanthealth.com. Confidant Health is a very cool platform that offers a wide range of support for pre-addiction, addiction, and mental health. To learn more about it, we have a very special guest on here, Sam Wilson. Thanks for joining us, Sam. Thank you guys so much for having me. Awesome. Sam, so as we were saying uh, before, um, we're going to do an episode of shooting the, shooting the Professional Shit, where we bring on professionals, we try to provide resources for people in need. And uh, again, thank you for being here. And we are excited to learn all about Confident Health. Sounds great. So my first question is what made you interested in the field of addictions and how did you get involved in it? Yeah, um, it's a tough question to answer succinctly at this point, right? Because I've been working in this field for my whole professional career and uh, you know, the things that got me interested in the field initially have kind of evolved as I've been in it, living it. Um, I kind of always say that when you work in this field, um, people in your life, whether it's colleagues, friends, friends of friends, friends of family members, um, are more likely to reach out to you and say how they've been personally affected by addiction. And that's something that really keeps me going and motivated every single day. Um, how I initially got into the field though, um, was influenced by my grandmother who actually smoked cigarettes. Um, you might be thinking, well, how'd you get like fully into it this way? Well, um, I was studying economics in college and I wanted to understand why some people picked up smoking and other people didn't. Um, and so I was using kind of large data sets to examine risk-seeking behavior. And through that started working with the municipal health department where I was going to school in, in Worcester, Massachusetts. And, uh, and Worcester was really impacted by the first wave of the opioid epidemic very significantly. And so through my work, I got kind of looped into that. And just the more I learned, the more I felt there was so much that needed to be done. Um, I ended up going to DC, working at a think tank for a few years on state and federal policy around addiction, um, and then kind of stayed in this field. And like I said, kind of the more you're in it, the more you feel connected to it and motivated to do something about it. So Sam, how did the lead up to the actual platform uh, Confident Health come about? Yeah, Confidant is um, kind of a culmination of ideas and thoughts. And um, I, actually, I was working on another initiative called Atlas. Um, Treatment Atlas uh, is an initiative that Shatterproof um, was running at the time which is a national nonprofit dedicated to reversing the addiction crisis in America. And um, through that, we, we were the first group to publicly assess the quality of addiction treatment facilities. So we came up with measures um, that used three different data sets. So we looked at claims data, we looked at patient data, we looked at provider data, and we assessed 1500 facilities across six states, um, kind of roughly speaking. and. We talked to a lot of providers through that process, talked to a lot of patient advocates through that process, talked to a lot of health plans through that process, and no one was happy with the existing system. 
Um, and the data really revealed that there was a lot of issues that we, we knew were happening, but it kind of started to quantify that. And so I had this professional crossroads of, okay, I can continue to assess quality across the industry and see improvement over time, or take everything I know about what addiction treatment should be um, from each of these groups and build something that uses technology to deliver that. Um, and at the time, I kind of serendipitously met my co-founder who shared that vision and actually had the tech expertise that I completely lack um, to make that happen. And so that's really how Confidant was born. It's something that we've been working on since and, um, and are really, really excited about. So what kind of services are we talking about here? We offer a range of services. So, you know, when people think about digital health, I think that they kind of put put technology into a few buckets, but we're both a tech platform and a integrated care delivery team. So we've designed our technology so that people can use it on their own um, for behavior change, which makes it very appealing. It's user-friendly, but also it provides access to a range of providers, including prescribers who can manage psychiatric conditions and prescribe medication for addiction treatment, uh, therapists, coaches and group services. So all of that's available in the Confidant application. Yeah, I was, um, I was scrolling through it earlier, preparing a little bit, and uh, I was really amazed. I think you guys have done such an amazing job with it, and uh, it's amazing to see. Thank you very much. Yeah, we appreciate that. Yeah, I was uh, also having a gander at it, and I really like this Elfie character you guys got. Seems pretty cool. What's uh, what's he all about? Alfie is our little dog. He's like our mascot. Um, and so he also is kind of what appears when folks are engaging in our chatbots. So chatbots are used by folks who are either kind of on their own journey in the app, um, kind of working towards their goals, whether that's kind of a quality of life improvement, like reducing their stress or improving their relationship or changing their drinking. Um, and if they're engaged in clinical care, then Alfie's gonna support them by providing education, kind of following their appointments um, or different assessments kind of throughout their journey. One other thing I really like too is kind of your, your guys' emphasis on like the pre-addiction and, you know, so kind of, I know Mark and I, Mark and I have had the discussion kind of comparing, you know, addiction and the progression of it kind of like, you know, like a cancer, not to compare the two, but how the different stages and whatnot, right? And um, I think some people kind of forget about that. So can you tell us like the different support for someone maybe that's in pre-addiction versus uh, maybe further along? Yeah, of course. And I think, you know, you, you guys make the right comparison, right? And the, the added difference, I think, is with cancer, you know, typically we try to catch it early and intervene early. And, you know, regardless of how early or late you are in that process, if you get that diagnosis, you're surrounded by your loved ones and your community with, you know, that big ZD or just that like check-in and, and that doesn't happen for, for addiction. Um, medicalizing it doesn't necessarily fix that. It doesn't necessarily like reduce the stigma on its own, but by adding this concept of pre-addiction, we're hoping that we can at least provide some education and foundation for the knowledge that addiction, it doesn't just happen overnight, right? Like you don't need to hit rock bottom. I'm sure you guys know from your experiences, if you can get help earlier, if you can be 
open to changing your lifestyle, changing your behaviors earlier in the process. If your doctors are talking to you about it earlier in the process or kind of other folks in your life and it's normalized, then we can kind of have more of greater effect at supporting people and changing their behaviors earlier. Sam, so when you're looking at pre-addiction, like are there specific warning signs? It's the other signs of substance use disorder. So pre-addiction is another way of describing mild or moderate substance use disorder. That's kind of the working definition right now. Um, unlike cancer or even diabetes or other kind of chronic diseases, it's harder to have those like hard and fast rules where you've got this A1C and now we know, you know, you fall into this category. Um, but that's the working definition. So things like using in greater quantities, um, having a tolerance, having withdrawal symptoms, uh, putting yourself in dangerous situations, changing your habits around your substance use, kind of those are the same symptoms of substance use disorder and two or more symptoms is considered pre-addiction. So it doesn't take a lot to kind of be on that substance use disorder spectrum, but, um, but people typically aren't aware of that. Cool. I, I was just thinking before you came on too, and actually before Mark and I started talking, one one thing I'm still guilty of using is, and I don't know, maybe you could shed some light on it, is is like the the statement like it could be worse. I mean, like when I indulge in maybe like chips at times or like whatever, I'm like, well, it could be worse. It could be you know drinking like not like like I was before, right? And even though it's something I don't want to be doing, like. Is that, a, is that a dangerous statement to, to make, like compare, comparing yourself? Well, I think you're, you're recognizing awareness around your own behaviors, which is a really important way to change those behaviors. So, you know, no matter what we're doing, I think we can all agree we could always be healthier, right? Like we're not all like living the most healthy ideal life. Um, or maybe you are. I, I know I'm personally not. Um, and so I think, you know, one of the things that we try to do with Confidant is recognizing whatever your behavior is, like, how is it making you feel? So are you feeling guilty in that moment? Should you be doing less of that behavior in the future? Um, you know, can you modify that behavior and then also have that change how you're feeling? So I think it's important just to recognize that. I think, you know, sometimes that, that comparison can keep us trapped um, if we say, well, it could be worse, so I'm not going to get help you know, that's, that's something that we don't want to, we don't want to use kind of as a justification to not change our behaviors. Um, but it could go either way. I don't know what your guys' experiences have been. If you feel like you've been able to think about something in that way. And then the next time you go for that bag of chips or whatever it is actually kind of make a different decision. Yeah. 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 Sometimes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes depends on what it is, I guess. Um, yeah, that's a good, that's a really good point. Um, on one of my favorite things on the website, you had the, it's like a letter to loved ones. Yeah. I think that's so important. It was so cool. So I think everyone should check it out. If you have a loved one struggling, it's a great read. Can you kind of talk about that and what inspired you guys to kind of, kind of put that out there? Yeah. I mean, addiction is an, an, a condition that really impacts the whole family unit. Um, and one of the biggest factors and kind of the involvement of the Confidant Health platform has actually been one of our groups and it's been our family support group. So these are folks who have loved ones um, with addiction and in recovery and they themselves are working through that. Um, and they've been a huge resource to us in providing input as well as their loved ones. 
but that's something that we want to be able to support is not just the individual, but the whole family unit and kind of figuring out how to navigate that journey um, and kind of everything that, that comes with it. And the other thing I think, you know, we try to do is, is support people regardless of where they are at just recognizing where they want to go. So whether it's their own substance use, whether it's their relationship with their loved one um, and kind of providing that, that education, that resource to be there through that journey. So Sam, is there like ongoing support for the family? Let's say, um, you know, one thing Mark and I went to, we went to rehab together and they have like the family, you know, they, they talk about what we're going through and what we're kind of learning about ourselves and all that. Is that, I know you have the support for the families. Is it an ongoing thing as people are learning? Yeah, absolutely. And it comes in different like varieties of how people engage. So we have some folks who attend our weekly groups. Um, We have more than one now because it's been so popular where family members are attending on a regular basis. Kind of, there's a, a little bit of a curriculum. It's facilitated by clinicians as well as family members with lived experience. In some cases, people wear both of those hats. Um, and for other folks who kind of need a little bit more one-on-one support, they're going to meet with a therapist on a regular basis. They're going to connect with a coach on a regular basis. Um, they're going to access our resources. So if a family member maybe isn't even ready to kind of show up to that group yet, um, they can come into the Confidant app. They can go to revamp, which is our behavior change tool, and they can select that they want to help a loved one. And we'll start to you know, send them content. It's going to create a plan for them about how they can learn to be the best possible support system, as well as how to take care of themselves through that process. So um, that happens kind of all automatically. That's where they start to to chat with Alfie a little bit and kind of get some of that information. Sam, what does the future look like for Confidant Health? Well, we're continuing to grow and expand. Our goal is to really create a model on the kind of back end that supports the sustainable growth of high quality addiction treatment. So um, you guys have have found recovery. Um, Not everyone does. And in that case, in some cases, like those are people who actually are in treatment, but they're not getting the care that they need. Um, And some of that is largely because of the incentives are misaligned. Um, And so we're trying really hard to build a model that's going to align incentives with delivering the best quality care. So actually rewarding us when people have achieved the outcomes that they desire, Um, like whether that's lasting sustained recovery, whether that's, you know, reduced symptoms of their mental health, whether that's, you know, being able to keep their kid in their life. Um, And so that's what we're working to build and just kind of continuing to focus on that. I think, you know, the future of telehealth is something that's going to stick around for a long time. There's a little bit of a boom during COVID, but um, it's not going away. And so we're, we're excited about how we can continue to leverage that to deliver great care to people, regardless of where they're located. You know, they don't actually have to go into a facility or relocate or um, kind of travel every day. No, I was just going to ask you about the, the, the learning library section. I clicked on a few of the of the different uh, resources. Those are all, is everything on there is free information, their articles and whatnot, right? Everything is free information. Yep, absolutely. And we found that um, with over 600 pieces of content, it's hard for people to find exactly what they need. So that's why we created this system where we're, we're actually generating plans that are dynamic for people. Um, so if people feel like, okay, I don't, I don't know what I'm looking for yet. Um, we'll kind of take that information and create a plan with some of that content, or you can kind of go in and search for different things. 
I, I think the way you guys broke it down is, uh, is really good. It's really clean and uh, easy to follow. And yeah, I love that part of it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious from your guys' experience, you know, thinking about recovery and addiction treatment in the virtual setting, like what do you guys look for in, in apps and uh, you know, what, what kind of stands out when you're reviewing them? Oh, that's, I really like what you guys have done and the learning library. Dave just took my question um, is incredible and it has so much information. So I like, I don't know, in recovery, I've been like kind of, I don't know, like addicted to like learning as much as I can about addiction. Right. And you guys mm -hmm. have just like uh, such, such a great stockpile of information there. And it's amazing to be able to access it. Awesome. So, so important content. Yes. Um, that's, that's really good. Yeah. Cool. Support groups. Um, just being around like, like-minded people and that's what is important to me, Dave. Yeah, no, I really like, I, I'm going to use the, uh, definitely that portion of the website for myself because, you know, there's, we often talk about tools like your recovery tools and there's a lot on there that you can use as your recovery tools, like the mindfulness and, um, you know, I can't remember, can't remember off the top of my head, a couple of the other subsections, but uh, there were some things I definitely wanted to check out on there uh, for myself. And um, I think what you guys are doing is, is amazing. Yeah, I think, you know, speaking of exercises, one of the things we're really excited about, we, we have a, a craving chatbot, a drug craving chatbot that we put together. So it's super dynamic and it gives people the option to explore ways that they might be able to overcome a craving, whether it's in the moment or they're kind of planning ahead for one. Um, you know, those exercises can be used kind of to curb, curb most behaviors or kind of change a thought and um, and so I'm excited about, about things like that and kind of making those exercises available to people, you know, when they need it or when they're kind of prepping for, for the future. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, I don't, so, I don't really have any more questions for you, Sam. Dave, do you? Well, I was, I was just going to ask you, um, well, I guess two things, one about the like, community payment plan. And then also, I guess a follow-up would be, you know, I may not be the brightest guy at times, but the, I know the internet is worldwide. Now, as far as payment, when you go to, you know, is it available in Canada? Like as far as like compatible with healthcare? Great questions. Great questions. And um, so the community payment model, just to kind of provide information on what that is, yeah. um, you know, we believe that care should be accessible regardless of your ability to pay. Um, and so what we do is if folks can't afford the cost out of pocket, we're working with them to be able to pay, you know, a, a roughly equivalent to their copay. And that's actually subsidized by members of our community who believe in the model, who've contributed and are paying it forward. Um, and so that's something that we make available. We are also working to get in network with more and more insurance providers um, so that we can support access through channels that people are already paying into. In terms of availability, um, we are currently available for clinical services in Connecticut and Virginia. We'll be expanding to additional states very, very soon. Um, but because of medical laws, it's a little bit more complicated than just accepting different currencies. So we, we can only offer those services in the states where we're licensed, um, which right now is Connecticut and Virginia. But our coaching services and our DIY services, access to the application, that's available everywhere. Amazing. Awesome. Sam, do you have any questions for us? 
I think just, you know, always understanding more about kind of what you guys are looking for, how you're thinking about the future of digital health and the intersection of addiction. Um, and if there's things you'd like to see kind of more happening in that space. I mean, like a podcast section, that would be super sweet. <laughs> That's a great idea. Right? A little library of podcasts. Yeah, there you go. Um, no, other than that, I think you guys have done such an amazing job. I think it's an amazing resource and uh, it kind of, I find some groups are a bit higher power based and uh, that's one thing I really like about, about you guys. Yeah, it's almost, it's almost similar to, uh, not similar, but comparable more like smart recovery tool you learn. It's, um, is that fair to say versus? Yeah, I mean we definitely like we approach spirituality and higher power based at the direction of the member so they're really at the center of their care journey always um they're kind of driving that forward so if it's something that's meaningful to them then we can pull that in but it's by no means a requirement um and it's something that you know we our coaches will support people in finding smart recovery groups and refuge recovery and AA and, you know, kind of figuring out whatever is going to work for that individual, because it's not all going to work for everybody. It's not everyone's cup of tea. Awesome. Dave, any more questions? No, I, I think I'm, uh, I'm top dope. That's thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me and for everything that you do. I think it's awesome. Just kind of having more resources out there and, you know, reducing the stigma around addiction. Thank you so much. Guys, make sure you check out Confidant Health. And thank you for listening. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, please reach out and ask for help. Thank you very much.